Hello and welcome back to Youth Home Brew. I know we haven't been around for a while. Uh, we've had some technical issues and then we had poor Mo got sick. So with that, he is here today. So say hello Mo. Um, hello, good evening. Uh, how's everybody? Oh, by the way, it wasn't COVID. It wasn't COVID. Um, I just said something bad. We're, we're just going to be honest about it, right? It was going out versus in. That's all. Thank you for oversharing with us. Um, I feel like, um, you know, our listeners are part of my family, so they should know. And they should, you know, be, be a part of what was happening in my family. So, so Mo, I had, um, I had a, a message from one of my youth yes. asking where these podcasts were. So they're a bit upset that they've been missing. Well, you know what? They're here. Stop so we're moaning. Back. So we're back. Oh, we're back. Really? Honestly? <laughs> Sorry. Cool. Okay, so um, it's just me and Mo today. Shame, sorry. You got to have us back. Uh, but Mo's going to do the reading. So let's yeah. So um, today's reading, which I, I think is quite lovely, um, is from Exodus chapter twelve, and it's starting at verse number one. So it's just to give some context. Um, it's the whole um, Moses saga, and the Israelites are in Egypt and they're slaves and Pharaoh and all of that kind of stuff. I'm sure you all know the story, but now we're getting towards the end of the story. Just before the Israelites are about to leave um, Pharaoh and it's that last final plague that God is about to enact. Exodus 12 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Egypt, of Israel, that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it should join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to, to the number of people who are going to eat of it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its heads, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hands, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals, on all of the gods of Egypt I will execute my judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. 
You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Oh, what a thing. What a thing, what a thing, what a thing. But I think it is for me personally quite a testament to the times that we live in now. You have a group of people, our Israelites, uh, slaves, subjugated by the Egyptians, made to work um, beyond all hours of the day, um, into the night, no breaks, no nothing, and just doing anything that they are bidded to do, i.e. slaves. And here comes this young man um, who's grown up as an Egyptian for most of his life, as part of um, Pharaoh's home and Pharaoh's house. And he says to them, so listen, I've seen your God and your God has told me this and this and this and your God is now about to free you from slavery and bondage and set you free and give you a promised land where there will be wonderful new life for all. And I think about the world that we're in now, especially the times that we're in now and the types of things that COVID is starting to enhance. And, and let me not use the word enhance, but let me use the word show us, that our eyes are starting to be opened to certain things in our world and to certain happenings that are going around and how sometimes, you know, as human beings in this world, we feel like something isn't right. Something is missing. Something is not going the way it should go. And then we have COVID, which suddenly takes all our families, shoves them into a house together so that we have to now actually spend some time together. And you slowly start to realize, but wait, I actually don't spend a lot of time with my family. Yeah. I actually don't spend a lot of time with the people that are closest to me. Because we're all so busy with school, with work, with earning money, with doing our living, with trying to make the best out of what life has given us in the smallest way that we can. And I know some of you out there, your parents work hours and hours and hours on end to try and make just the smallest amount of living for you, for your family, to pay your school fees, to put you through school and all of that. And now we sit in COVID where all of that time can't be spent working. We're all stuck with each other. A good thing, mind you, don't, don't get me wrong about that. But we can't work, which means we can't earn money, which means that for some of us, there's no food on the table. For some of us, there's no school fees being paid. For some of us, there's no prospects of any kind of light at the end of this tunnel. And then, in the same vein, you have a government that says, no, but don't worry. 
we'll look after all of you. You put us here in power. We are in charge and we are going to look after you. So if you don't have a job, if you're not working, if things are tough, go fill out a form, um, connect here at this website and fill in your details and your ID and why you've lost your job and all of that. And we'll give you money. But I'm sure as a lot of people can attest to this, most of us and most people out there did not get the money that they were promised. Most people out there did not get the support and the backing from the government that we put in charge that they were promised. But we were supposed to. As far as I know, there were billions and millions. And then we sit in this situation where, where we're saying, but we put you in power to, to look after us, to be our stewards, our uh, caretakers when things are difficult and when things are rough. And, and now you have the same thing with the Israelites who find themselves in this situation after a whole many generations um, after Joseph had saved the Israelites um, when he is uh, the advisor to Pharaoh and the Egyptians are taught to store uh, food because there's going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine. I'm sure we remember, we all remember that dream and that time when Joseph was uh, working for Pharaoh. And so the Egyptians become this powerful nation, this powerful group of people where Pharaoh now is in charge of food and um, having so much. And all Pharaoh is asked to do with all that Pharaoh has is share it. Give to everybody because it is now the time of drought. And so many people flood into Egypt because Egypt has food. It is a time of drought and Egypt will look after us and will take care of us. And when we are in need, we will turn to Pharaoh because Pharaoh has promised us. And Yeah, and I think I think in terms of where we sit now, it kind of was like that in the beginning. Like everybody was talking about how when Cyril locked down the country. Oh, we've got this. It's going to be great. Uncle Cyril's got us. There were mm. promises made to the people that donated to the Solidarity Fund. My fellow South Africans. We're going to end this together. We're going to make sure everybody is. I mean, even in the the, the church, we had given, we were given parcels for those that we knew needed because they had lost. Like we, we had, and that came from government. Like government has done all of this. They've been, they've been great. They've, they're taking care of their people. They've shut down the board. They're going to keep us safe. And people are like, we love Uncle Cyril. How many times did we hear that? We love Uncle Cyril. Uncle Cyril is the best. Mm. And now, and now we're, we're kind of like Moses going, like, you've killed my people, bruh. Well, I mean, we have money being stolen from the UIF. 
this base, the basic thing that was supposed to be paying out to keep our country running and our people alive, we're stealing that money. And while that's busy happening, on the other side of the fence, we have this big inquiry. I'm going to call it an inquiry, but it, it, it's an absolute, absolute uselessness to figure out that the state has been captured and that government officials were paid money to do certain things and were bribed and groceries were bought for them. And we've spent millions, millions on this state capture inquiry. I, I'll tell them for 50,000, you've been captured. Um, does that, I'll, I'll do it. Can I, I 50,000, I'll tell <laughs> you straight, you've, you've been, been captured. captured. You've been captured. It's done. There, there you go. It was that one, that one, that one, and that one. We know. Because their salaries don't match their lifestyles. It's that simple. How, so, how is SARS not in like, sorry, I'm sorry. Carry on. No, this is exactly it, Evie. Is that how... How are we as South Africans not supposed to be angry? How are we not supposed to be just filled with, with rage and, and with loathing? Because the, the cycle continues to perpetuate itself. From the time of Pharaoh, it's still, to this day, people don't understand the concept of having too much. So in our story that we read, Moses is told, okay, we're going to each of us slaughter a lamb in our household. If your household is too small and a lamb would be too much for your household, join with another family and come together and share. So as a maybe three, four families, you'll come together, three, four households, and you will buy or purchase or get a lamb together and everyone will have a share in proportion. Yeah, because there's not going to be any scuffed No, no, there's no scuffed in. There's no scuffed in. But everybody gets. Everybody gets. Enough. Enough. Everybody gets enough. So that already, their first encounter with this Lord who is about to free the Israelites from Egypt, and God says, it's okay, you will all have enough. Finish it and move on. Oh, okay, sure, this God is quite giving. Oh, as a whole, oh, so much meat, it's going to be great. Let's all enjoy. And then, let's just fast forward the story a bit, because we, we all know what happens and all of that kind of stuff. And then there's the sea and the, and, uh, the parting of the waters and blah, 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 blah. And the and complaining, we move on. yeah, yeah. Then let's get to that complaining. Again, the Israelites are in the desert. Oh, God, why have you brought us here? It was better for us when we were in Egypt. At least then we had food. Food. you don't give us anything we don't have enough so god is like oh okay you want more and water comes out of stone birds fall out of the sky and the israelites eat to their full but yet uh, and then complain. The, and then those that hoarded there were those that hoarded they took extra we're told not to hoard we're told but they did and then people could smell it because it went off like they could smell the hoarding um, and yes, they still complained because they're like, now I don't have variety in my diet. Um, but they were given enough. So the beginning of the story, God helps Egypt to grow so that Egypt can share and give and help everyone around. 
What does Egypt do? Exploits. Take, store, exploit, build armies, fight, make sure that what I have is protected. So, what happens? The usual same thing happens that happens over and over and over again. Those who are exploited revolt. Those who are exploited say, we've had enough. It is not the way that things will be. And Egypt crumbles. It happened with the Israelites when they grew and they were strong and they were powerful under Solomon. And then the Babylonians came, took them apart, and oh, look, we're in exile all over again. And the cycle continues to perpetuate itself. And now we sit with our government ministers who are going, oh, but I didn't take any money. It wasn't me. And we've got elections coming up in the next couple of years. Do you think they'll survive this? Because if they do survive this, then I guess we just weren't exploited enough to get to the point where we want to sure. do something about it. Okay. That, that's a pretty loaded statement right there. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a hugely loaded statement right it, there. It is. Because you've got to look at the, the psychology behind it. Like there is almost a psychology that if I get airtime around election time and a T-shirt that I'm being provided for, or for those that have got children, they get a grant. Somebody is providing for me. Whereas if we're living in a completely fair country, I want to use the word fair, and it has been what the money that has been given is being used for the right reasons, not to layer pockets, there would be more. But unless you can see that, unless you've had the conversations, you've been educated enough to understand that, I've been given. And if I don't have this, I'm going to have nothing. And I think I always feel bad for the Israelites because all they knew was slavery. They'd been born into slavery. They died in slavery. But at least I was alive. I was alive. They knew nothing else. And so when you walk out of that space and you go into the, the, I mean, a desert is, I've never been in a desert, never spent large times in the desert. I don't necessarily like being hot, like, because I burn easily. For anybody that doesn't know me, I'm super white. Evie, we're in the desert now. Okay. We're in that desert now. Are we, are we not being oppressed in Egypt still? Maybe. We're being oppressed in Egypt. Maybe we're being in the desert because, in actual fact, we're being oppressed because of our own doing. Our government didn't come into power because, you know, there was some miraculous, um, how can I put it? Like, our government isn't an autocracy. So they didn't come into power just because they were born into it. We put them there. Yes. We put each and every single one of the people that are supposed to look out for us where they are. So every election I say the same thing. <laughs> Who do I vote for? They're, they're all the same, right? And, and I know some people that listen to this podcast are not old enough to vote, but... Like, I, I'm, I'm at a point... They may be when the election comes. They may be when the election... That's true. 
and I mean, I have these conversations with my, my family all the time. Like, who do I vote for? Which is the lesser evil? Because the system that's put in play, the system that we come into, even if you have good intentions about changing it, the culture that is around our governments is to take. And it's perpetually all over Africa. I mean, if we take the whole thing that happened in Zimbabwe, if you speak to any Zimbabweans today that have been locked in South Africa because they're working here and they can't get home, and they're speaking to their relatives in Zim, it is far worse there now than it was under Mugabe. And it was bad under Mugabe. Like, even when you think the problem is being taken out, the problem is, is that we're still living with brains of slavery. We're still living in the system. We're still living in those same conditions where we don't trust and have faith in God's abundant grace and giving. I think the thing that we we see with the Israelites is, is over and over again, they are given and then they forget and then they lament about the good old days when it was better under subjugation and they almost yearn for it again. And then God reminds them, but, but I freed you from that. I, I, I gave you the power and the ability to dictate your own lives, your own understanding of the world, so that you don't have to be slaves anymore. You don't have to, um, you know, be, sub, be sub, subjugated by Pharaoh. But we still complain. And we go, but yeah, but, but, uh, but it was nice. Because we don't trust in the space that God has now put us in to go, okay, but you're free to make your own decision and to be better. You're free to be better and live better. That's what we just keep forgetting over and over and over again. And then we become complacent and okay when people steal from the poor. I didn't even flinch when it all came out. I didn't get angry. I was like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Look, it happened again. And then? Now what? I mean, as somebody, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and she was saying that when they allowed sale of alcohol again, people putting out on Twitter... Just, just bear in mind that you were seeing the truth and now the government's letting you have alcohol to numb and to hide and you're, you're happy and you're complacent because you can have booze again. So you're just not going to care. Yes, you thought you won the battle. But that wasn't, that wasn't the fight. Pharaoh just said yes. You all packed up and just before you were about to leave, Pharaoh changed his mind. It was like, ha, ha, ha. no, actually, I really like my slaves. You can stay. So, I don't know. That's what I'm fighting. <laughs> is, is I don't know. I feel like I'm in the desert and I'm surrounded by just heat and misery and just terribleness. And I'm 
lamenting to God saying, oh man, I'm hungry. I thought you were a provider. I thought you were a giver. I thought you were the most loving of parents. But then I wake up in the morning and I hear that the police decided out of, oh, this little boy is about to attack me, so let's gun him down. I feel like I'm in the desert and I don't know what to do about that to move on and trust in God's forever giving grace. Because there's enough for everybody. There, there really is. There is enough for everybody to be happy. But I won't lie. I like things. And I'm not, I don't think it's about not, not having things. But, I mean, if you're going to, I mean, what happened before when, when the, the next lot of, you remember at the beginning of lockdown when people started hoarding? Mm. They started hoarding toilet paper and Oh, that lady who was fighting for the toilet paper. This poor old lady and the words that came out of her mouth for this toilet paper. Because we wanted to... Toilet paper, of all the things in the world. Yes, I remember, Evie. I remember. So, like, I mean, even there, we were so worried. Although I will say that South Africa was a little bit better than some of the other countries. Uh, because, A, our, uh, our shops wouldn't let them. So you were only allowed a certain number of things. And, and B, um, we had uh, people going, there are certain people that will only get paid at the end of the month. They can't do what we're doing. Just calm down. I know that some stores also kept things back. So they hid the toilet paper. <laughs> um, and the hand wash, what was the other ones that went missing? Hand wash, uh, washing detergents were missing off the shelves. That's like when I had the biscuits from my kids. And and then and then what the other thing that went were like people and meat, the meat went missing, and I remember somebody putting up going where are all these vegans that everybody went vegan why why are the vegans stealing all the meat like, and it wasn't because the vegans didn't steal the meat we were and we're more healthy now than what you all are eating your meat but um, fight me go ahead um, but they um, oh for those who didn't hear um, Evie's declaring that she's a vegan I'm not a vegan I'm a vegetarian and nobody cares. I'm a vegetarian. Anyway, um, they, uh, but there was like a certain group of people that were scared they weren't going to be able to get meat. So they just, they just took the meat. You couldn't get meat. And the queues for the day before lockdown, like we were told we were allowed to go and, and buy things, but the queues were out the door. I went the first day of lockdown to the shops, empty, empty. Yeah. We like things. And we never believe that we're going to have enough. So, yeah, that, that, that's it from me. That's my lament for today. Uh, I, I'm sorry that I, I didn't leave you with any answers. Just more questions, I guess. But the fundamental thing that, that I think maybe we should all remember, is that we need to keep reminding ourselves of that same story over and over again about how God is and always wants to save 
it, it's, it just happens over and over and over again in our Bible, in our history. God is always looking to save us. But we have to be brave enough to take that step. And mm. we've got to be brave enough to trust God. And we've got to be outspoken enough like Moses to a, listen to God and to do what's right. If I'm going to leave anything in terms of being somebody out there, and especially for our young people that are coming up that are going to be voting, that are going to be leaders, you have an obligation to say, no, this is not okay. And so do we. So I'm saying, no, this is not okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, guys. Thank you for taking part. Uh, have a blessed and wonderful week. Miss you all. Um, hope to see you soon in church. Yeah, Thank yes. you. It's coming soon. If you haven't heard, churches are opening October.